light a campfire, and everyone's a storyteller. Join us for some thought-provoking and beyond Farside Chats. Welcome to Leave Our World a Better Place. My name is Kasha and my guest today is Leo Gungulo from Oceans Without Borders. Leo will be chatting to us about how his love for the ocean led him to a career in marine conservation, from scuba diving instructor to a deeper focus on conservation and community work, and ultimately to his position as field operations manager, overseeing marine rangers, field officers and community interactions on three different islands. Hello, Leo. Thank you very much for finding the time to talk to us about Oceans Without Borders. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Leo, before we talk about Oceans Without Borders, I'd like to find out a little bit about you and what motivated you to become involved in marine conservation and eventually to join Oceans Without Borders. Just a little bit of background of me. I was born about two k's to the sea. So I got to be in water while I was baby. So my passion of the sea has been always there since I was born. After mm-hmm. finishing the school and then I had a chance of starting scuba diving mm-hmm. with one of my best friends. While I was in scuba diving training, I had a chance of also being part of Bitonga Divers Team, which is another organization that runs Mozambique and Southern Side as conservation, which leads more with community mm-hmm. and the ocean as well. I think everything was linked since I was born somehow. So it was almost meant to be the passion for the ocean and for marine conservation is in your blood. It is in my blood. <laughs> okay. When you initially became involved, you say you worked with the communities talking about marine conservation. How did you become aware of Oceans Without Borders and, and how did you end up at Vermisi Island where you, you worked as a, a field officer or a marine ranger? Since 2010, when I started scuba diving, I've been based more at home, which is in Tofu, in Yemen. So uh, I have dived around this southern part from 2010 until the beginning of 2016. And then I realized that I should move a little bit from home and then get to see mm-hmm. different reefs in different places. And then I had contract at Vamizi Island, on that time, it was with Kirimba Island Charter, which, mm-hmm. which was running the dive center at Vanese Island. I joined them, and then I was only a scuba instructor because one of my friends who was working there is the main scuba instructor. And then he moved out mm-hmm. in 2018, and then I took as the head scuba instructor on the island. And therefore, I was running the dive center from 2000. 18 onwards to 19 as a manager of dive center. And then Ocean at Borders by then 2016 mm-hmm. when I arrived, they were actually, I think, starting project on island. The conservation was already going in. And then has, as well as I started in 2016, there were also marine conservation running already yes. at Vamizi. And 2016, I think Ocean at Borders came in not officially on 2016, but we were working together with Tessa by then helping up as much as we could, but I wasn't not employed by them. Mm-hmm. And 2018, and then OWB, I started joining them. Before I get mm-hmm. employed from them, I was already 
somehow working with them because I was running the DAO center and therefore I had to do some work together. We have to work together because if we're doing over the sea and I was the man with the dives, yeah. we're selling dives with everything, with all we're correcting. So, and then I, I get to know all those receivers, you know, and we, we get to do the work together. What were some of the things that you used to do in terms of marine conservation? We've been talking about marine rangers lately and what are the things that marine rangers do in terms of conservation. So what are examples of some of the things that you or other members of the team that you worked with used to do at Vermisi? We had our list of the big five. We were talking about our Napoleon race, bumphead parrotfish, we were talking about the turtles. We were talking about sharks. Mm-hmm. So on all of those big five, they were recording on each dive. The numbers, the dive sites. Sometimes if we could get exactly the point where we saw it, mm-hmm. we would be that would be helpful. So we were sharing that information through the dive center to the marine side. So through TESA or through the other organization, which is there. So they can use that to the records for now, for example, that we doing some of the records for that. That all was special for the sharks and then turtles. It was very good to know how uh, to share that information and then to get from them to get back to us and saying, mm-hmm. oh, this shark, I think, is the same one that you guys have seen. The number of the sharks now is going less or is getting more. And then the turtles for this year, they were less or more. So it was good information because we could share what the feedback that were coming from them with the guests. And that part, I think, was one of the most important things that we were doing for us as the part of only instructors' mm-hmm. side or the captains, especially on, on well season, because we were spending more time on the on the sea and then we could tell how many wells we saw. And then that information was good to share with them. When we got more involved and then we get even more mm-hmm. bigger picture. Yeah. So it was basically... It began with a lot of data collection and monitoring and and sort of sharing that information and and keeping everybody updated. Correct. And then as you became more involved, you know, I know you've spoken about the acoustic receivers. Was that a project that you that you were involved in from the start? When I got into Vamizi, there were already some receivers in the water, the Vemkos. That project were already being done by then. But when I started because those receivers, they can stay in the water for a long time. They have to share a little bit of information of what they are, what the reason they're in there. Because, you know, for you as instructors, mm-hmm. when you lead people there, you always will have questions. So you have to know how to answer them. When they have started telling us or letting us what what the reason why they're in there, they also they have gave us instructions how to clean them, how to take care of them or what we should more look if we go past by, if we dive or what to share that information with the guests as well. Because monitoring those receivers, it was not only our goal as a dive instructor, but we were trying to involve also our guests so to, to know, to be aware of what we are what we're doing. That's some of the things that you used to do in the water to do with conservation. Were there other things that you got involved in on the land? I know there's turtle nestings and turtle monitors at Vermisi. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Beside water side, and then we had the birds. I did a little bit of birds. There is a one thing that I have learned when I got on the island. Mm-hmm. 
before I went there, you know, I was just a seaman, you know, anything to do with the sea. All the fish, I couldn't even count the names, you know, like sleeping, wake me up. Hey, what fish is so I said I could tell you everything. But then when I got in on island, like, no, okay, you know everything about the sea, but let's just take you a little bit to your conservation because the conservation is not only the sea that you're looking on it, but it also what is surrounding you. You need to know your birds. You need to know your snakes. You need to know what we have in Ireland because people that they will come around or your guests that you'll be hosting, they'll not only be based on the sea. You need to know what you have. Sometimes, you know, where we are doing a briefing on open area, you know, because it's so hot around that side. Now mm. comes a kingfish mm-hmm. sitting there and looking because he's not afraid of anything, you know. And then they're like, what kind of bird is that? So if you don't know that, and then you're in front of a large number, and then you're living in a place where that diversity, I mean, you should be able to know at least one or two names of the of the species that you'll be on the land. So, yes. and then I get involved a little bit of uh, knowing the names of, of the snakes, the birds, and get involved with the community. That's a very important part of the Oceans Without Borders model, isn't it? Is the community work. What exactly did you do with the community? Was it education or working with community monitors? How exactly did that part of it work at Vamizi? First of all, because of being head of the, the dive center, I was helping them on the monitoring of the sanctuary. So we have the sanctuary mm-hmm. that is created, of course, by the community because that belongs to the community. Mm-hmm. They have one engine, one small boat, but it's not all the time that they were every day they were doing their patrols because of yes. the weather and then the boats that they had, they were small. But for us, because we were always in the water and it could be easier to help. So we were helping them as well, monitoring the sanctuary by trying to find the fishermen or even nets that are in the sanctuary sometimes and then help them removing those, special for the nets or lands that we were finding in the reef. And then if we find the fishermen getting confiscated and then take all those goods and the fishermen back to community. And then, you know, as everything works, fishermen that were paying the fees back to community. So and then that, it was a, quite a big help to them. And we became very good friends. Now, as part of what you do for OWB now, your field operations manager and you oversee the field operations on all the three islands when where Oceans Without Borders works. Is that right? Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about the differences and the similarities between the islands and the work or the projects or the marine species that are being focused on in the different places? I can tell you a little bit more about Nimbo Island and Vamizi. I have been to Bengera. But that was just mm-hmm. past two. It was before even yes. I got up and enough to start working. So that's been a little bit long. But as the project goes, mm-hmm. the way things come through, the way I have things I know, we will be more monitoring the mm-hmm. turtles, sharks, and the prod fish. Of okay. course, we have our main other focus, which is the community. Okay, but the turtles and sharks, so we need to look and monitor on the reef the water temperature, the current, which will lead as well for the change yes. of all the species that is in in, in in the sea. So I think if we, we're collecting data of, for those three different places, 
And then I wish we could have more places, five, six, and then check all together. I think that will give us a huge idea of what we could do better in the future for those that are still coming. So you think it's it's important to have more places where you're doing monitoring to get a bigger picture of what the conditions are alongside the whole coast of Africa? Exactly. Because we're working more in tropical water. So, it is just 29 mm-hmm. water. Island, same temperature. And down south now, now we're going to start working with a little bit of mm-hmm. different temperature. So now if you start classify, especially the reef, and then we will see that there is a huge difference between the, the coral and then just the, the bottom contour, how it looks like. That will be very, very different. Somehow we'll have to put a bit of videos, look for the three different how that look like and see. That will be amazing thing to see or even to share with the world. So if we have more places to compare with and having more data to be collected and then having more total monitoring because those species I mean, are almost gone. And then sharks. Once I was laughing because we were in South here and then we had manta ray that were attacked. And then somehow we heard that the manta ray, it was was seen up to somehow in Tanzania. I think that was Pemba Island in Tanzania. I'm like, that far? Yeah, they do travel that far. So that is something very interesting, you know, like you find something here and then somehow you think that it stay closer mm-hmm. and then somehow it just move across to those different places. And that's one of the things that we need to know. Do those species that all stay here or do they move? And if they move, do they, they come back? Yeah, that's... And what distance, what kilometers mm-hmm. they're, they're making up? And then if they're coming back, when they're back, do, we, do they bring more other species similar? I wish I could be just shocked and mm-hmm. of them, you know, go whatever, just follow them. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> yeah. The Oceans Without Borders does do some tagging on, on specific species to do exactly what you spoke about, to monitor their movements. And I think those are... I think it's giant trevally at at Benguera and uh, is it grey reef sharks at at uh, Vamizi that that you've been tagging? Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. And at Nemba, are there any species that are tagged there, or or is that part of the future plans? That will be an ongoing project that we're going to mm-hmm. start. Of course, obviously you know Vamizi very well, and you've been to Nemba before. Obviously, there must be quite a lot of differences but also similarities between the, the conditions, the marine species and the corals. How do the two compare to you? What are the, what's similar and what's different between the two islands? The wall dives are uh, similar. The coral, it is some of places of, of dive sites that are similar. Nemba Island is a small island. And if you have to cover the, the kilometers of the... Coral reef it is, it is so small compared to Vamizi Island, like really, really small. But of mm-hmm. course, if we have to compare it on the coral, how healthy it is around Nemba and Vamizi, of course, Vamizi is the best place compared to the coral, but the diving wall sites, it is almost similar. Mm-hmm. I know a couple of places that I went to, the drop-offs that also go to 100 meters, 40, and Vamizi, we got a similar reefs as well. So if we have to uh, garden coral, I think Mamisi is still a unique place. 
point now, even in Bangera, they don't have the same structure of the reef. Mm. Well, Vermizi is known as the cradle of corals, so there's a reason for the name. Yes. Mm. And especially now that there's no more, almost no divers, so even though that we're still doing the patrols, but if there's no divers to go in and then look for nets and then take care of the reef and then a couple of changes might happen, hope for good, hope for good. Yes, absolutely. We've spoken about working with the local communities and I know that's very important and particularly at Vermizi, the community is very involved in policing the, the marine sanctuary. What are some of the the challenges that the communities face, you know, in terms of marine conservation? Is it um, fishing with nets? What are the biggest threats or the challenges? It's net fishing. Is it net fishing? Mm. Yes. Is it difficult to get the buy-in of the communities? Or I know at Vermizi the the community is involved, but in general, on the other islands, is the community involved in conservation? Do they understand the need for it? Or is it difficult to get buy-in? You know, on the southern part where I used to work with, because of the tourism that comes, you know, Inyambani, tourism is one of the first things that is benefit of it. So in southern part of Mozambique, I'm going to talk about Benyera, they do understand. And then the, the thing is, is that by the time you start speaking of them, mm-hmm. by the time you start telling them what the project is, what the impact it will bring, they will be there to help. They will support you in so many other ways. They will support you if you say, let's do this. They will support you. Of course, that there's so many things that they cannot agree, but most of it, they will. They will mostly give you space mm-hmm. as long as you know how to approach, know how to deal with them, that will help. I'm not so, so much sure about Namba. On island itself, mm-hmm. there's no community living there. So the community is coming from the mainland, but they're engaged. Mm-hmm. There might not be most of them, but few that might be involved with it. Yeah. So do you believe that the most important thing is, is education about what to do and why to do it? That's the key. And Leo, what is your favorite part of your work? Is it diving, conservation? Is it community work? Is there something that you like doing more than anything else? When I am in the water, when I'm diving, and then my mind is is diving. Everything for me is just diving by that time. But when I'm teaching, and then my passion by that time, it's just my main focus teaching. And then, you know, I, I say sometimes, you know, I love teaching. But when I'm in the school of diving, I'm like, I love scuba diving. When I'm in a community and then deal with community, oh, I'm starting laughing and that, talking that and that one. I love community. In the end, I love three things of it. So I don't know what I love the most, depending on the situation I am. <laughs> so you're very lucky, man. You love everything about your job. I think simple way to say yes. <laughs> because if I have to choose, <laughs> I don't know what to choose. Well, it's a good thing you don't have to choose. <laughs> now, Talking a little bit about diving, do you have a favorite island to dive on or a favorite dive spot, or do you just enjoy it all? I learned something about scuba diving when I started. You know, I always thought that Mtofu is the best place to dive. And then I realized, like, no, it's just you being in the water and breathing a compressed air and then have that salt water in you. That's what I love the most. I mean, I can just be there and then 
see bubbles, I'm happy about it. So I just love to be in the water. And then I love diving in both places. You put me whatever to see, I will enjoy it. Because in different places that you will see, you will go, you will see a different things. And then you need to have to start learning, enjoying whatever you see on that moment in that place. Of course, there is a composable that you need to do, but I'm not that kind of diver of starting comparing that day is the best, that is the best, because I dive for me. I now I don't dive to lead people in, in the water. If I have to lead people, maybe I should choose because that will be depending of what my guests need. But if I just have me to be in the water, put me in a five meter, give me a compressible air, I see small fish, 10, mm. I'm happy. Yes. Maybe because I've seen plenty. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe maybe if someone maybe hear that might be like maybe Leo is crazy but maybe yeah because I've seen plenty so just give me compress a day and then be in water <laughs> that's it I think that's a fantastic way to look at it really really great Leah I know right now with with the realities of COVID you know you're not at Vermeese where you want to be and things are difficult at the moment what are some of your hopes and your goals for when things change? What's the first thing you want to do when you're able to, personally and, and also in terms of your job? I want to, for my job first, I want to be able of getting to all those three places easily because I have to be in the field and work with those community and work with those people. And while I am of those mm-hmm. places, I want to see if there's any opportunity that we can educate more the community so they can help us in conservation. You know, conservation is not about only one person or two or three. It's all of us. Mm-hmm. So I think more we can teach people about it and then let people know what is happening. And then I think that would make our job easy and even expanding more conservation sites. It helps for the community as well. Sometimes I see it with my music community. I used to and then ask them what's the impact. Having the feedback for it, uh, it really works. Involving more community, that will be priority. Because once we have community in, mm-hmm. the conservation goes, even if we're not there. Mm, absolutely. No, you're right. Then it becomes self-sustainable. Exactly. And they won't need Leo anymore in there. <laughs> Somehow I think there'll always be a place for you. <laughs> <laughs> Leah, a lot of people have a very sort of negative outlook on on the future of of the oceans. You know, they worry about global warming um, and about coral bleaching, about destruction of habitats and so forth. What do you think the future holds? Are you optimistic for marine conservation for the future of the ocean? It is really, really hard to answer that question. I used to dive a lot in stuff. I go and dive now. I see different Mm. things. And then once I couldn't pass, and it's different structure again. So if the temperature doesn't change mm-hmm. much, I think we can still have healthy corals in the future. But if we're still keeping changing mm-hmm. the way it is now, I'm afraid that we're going to lose quite a lot of good things in the sea. I just want to keep my thinking positive that everything good will come back to normal. This part like, is getting finished now. And then whatever comes in future, it will just be the good weather, the good climb for the sea, and then everything will be healthy and happy to be receive more people in there and see a beautiful diversity that we, we have found before. 
that is my hope for the future. I don't like to think on the negative impact that what will come, but of course, it's a good thing to think about. But I always like to think positive that this thing is just passing now. Tomorrow we'll have, the sun will shine again tomorrow. So I'm hoping that in the future, it will be only the sun shining. We own the darkness now, but I think there is a sun coming in. Well, that's a really great way of looking at it. As you said, you know, if we think about today and tomorrow and the things that we can do today and tomorrow, those are the things that we can control now. But bit by bit, they'll make a change for the future as well. Yep. Thank you very much for talking to me. I think that is a really great introduction to you and who you are and what your plans and your hopes are. And it's been really, really great talking to you. Um, I hope that we get a chance to to meet sometime. But even more than that, I hope that you get a chance to get back to the island soon. That is my hope too. I hope to get back into the island very quick and then start to move on because things that they're not stopped by. I think it needs more of rotation to go. So hopefully soon we get to that together. Thank you for listening to Leave Our World a Better Place. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure that you never miss an episode. If you'd like to find out more about And Beyond, please log on to our website at andbeyond.com.